Hey everyone, welcome back to the Jamie Star Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. So my guest today has started very successful musicals such as A Bronx Tale, The Prom, and Mean Girls. My guest today is Brittany Conagati. What was it like making your Broadway debut in the original cast of a musical? Um, sort of everything that everyone dreams that it is. The only thing I didn't get to do, which I am bummed at, and it's still on my like bucket list, is the Tony Awards and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Those are two with the Bronx Tale that we didn't do, but I got to do the full cast recording. I got to do opening night, opening preview, the out-of-town tryout. I did the lab of the show. So I sort of have been with that one since the very beginning in 2014. was sort of the first time I dove my feet in. Uh, 2016, not 2014. What did you love most about being a dance captain in a show like A Bronx Tale? Mm, honestly, dealing with all the different age levels that were within our show. So we had ranging from um, the kids, which were nine, majority of them were nine, eight or nine. And then it went all the way up into men in their, I mean, I don't want to call anyone out, but in their like 50s and 60s, like we had some some old timers with us which sort of just encompassed the entire neighborhood of what a Bronx Hill was. Yeah. So that was sort of, I think, the coolest part of it is dealing with all the different age ranges and sort of all being within the same professional show and having to give notes and having to run rehearsals for that broad amount of people. Yeah. Was the energy different when it came to being a dance captain for a Broadway show versus being a dance captain for a touring and or regional show? No, I would say your responsibility as a dance captain is pretty much the same regardless of the entity of the show. The only difference was with Broadway, there's a lot of precedents and things like that that I would have a hold of. But for the most part, and we had a lot of replacements for a Bronx Tales Broadway company from the very beginning, like our first person left in February. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was sort of a... a that was sort of a big adjustment for me because when you're doing a dance captain job, either in a regional theater, most of the time that's the cast for those certain amount of weeks. And you yeah. don't really have to replace someone unless someone gets injured or, you know, gets a job that's a level above regional, which would be either a tour or Broadway. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, you never are truly asked to really replace someone in those productions. But um, for Broadway, that I guess is like the big difference is press events and the putting people into the show. What do you miss most about A Bronx Tale? The people. I miss all of our people. Um, we had a really, really close-knit group. Um, from the out-of-town, which we did at Paper Mill Playhouse, half the company transferred to Broadway. So there was a grouping of us that sort of just like stuck together. And a bunch of us did the dance lab in 2014. So there was like four of us from that, a grouping of us from the out-of-town tryout, and then moving to Broadway, and truly talk about a big Italian family Mm -hmm. that was literally a Bronx Tale. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So the prom has some really awesome musical numbers in it, so I was wondering what what was your favorite number to perform in the prom? Ooh. Um, Honestly, it has to be the end of Act 1 and the end of Act 2 the big prom numbers um just because especially the end of act two every single person within the show is on stage at the same time yeah and the audience is going crazy as you're doing all the choreography that 
it's sort of like a marathon, that entire show. You start in the first number, and you don't stop dancing. And even if you're off stage, you're doing costume change. Yeah. So you're never not moving in that entire show. That was the most cardio-driven show I've ever done. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I would definitely have to say the end of Act 1 and the end of Act 2. Those are, like, my two top faves. Did telling a story like this mean a lot to you as an actor? Because it's a story about two lesbian, a, a lesbian couple. So what... Yeah. So did it mean a lot to you as an actor? Super. I just think it's super apparent now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of, I went to LaGuardia High School, which is in Manhattan. So I was sort of surrounded by that at a young age. So it was never something to me that was odd or didn't fit or shouldn't happen. Um, so it was really interesting to see how all of the people coming to see the show were affected by the message that the show gave off. And now that the movie gets to be seen on Netflix by all these different people, I think is just really inspiring to allow people to just be themselves and be open with their sexuality and sort of who they are as a person. And I think that's really, really important, especially for the age that we were pretty much targeting within the show. Yeah. If you could portray Emma or Alyssa on Broadway for a night, which one would it be? Probably Alyssa, only because Emma's vocal stuff is ridiculous. And to me, that is my biggest fear is having to like belt out a number like that on stage by myself yeah um and I think Alyssa has sort of the biggest arc in the show um and she gets to be like the fun character but then she's also super serious and is dealing with her own you Mm -hmm. know coming out to her mom who's not the most accepting of it until the very end of the show so yeah I would probably say Alyssa what do you what did you think of the movie the prom movie on Netflix I thought it honestly was incredible. Yeah, I, I did too. I was really excited to see it. Um, I got to see like a pre-screen of it, which was awesome. And Ariana DeBose, who plays Alyssa in the movie, was our original Jane in the Bronx Tale. So that oh. sort of hit close to home that I was able to watch her. Literally, I've known her since I'm 16. Watch her from where she started then to where she is now. Oh, yeah. After she's like everywhere now. Right? All of a and sudden, then, she's um, like blow. I'm like, oh, Ariana, Ari- she's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, she has put so much work into sort of what she wants to be and who she wants to be, and I think it's really cool that all of that is coming to fruition for her. Oh, yeah. That was probably the coolest thing. And getting to see sort of how other people would portray the characters that I got to watch every night. Um, So it was really interesting to see, like, their take on Barry and, you know, Trent and all those other characters. Yeah. Yeah, So you sit listening to Seaver and uh, um, uh, Angie and, like, Beth level all these like insane Broadway icons and then yeah. to watch now these movie icons do the roles mm-hmm. were, it was really cool I really loved it yeah I feel like Beth level and Meryl Streep are like at the same level yes and they always are like the musical version is Beth and the movie version is Meryl like they always go hand in hand did Beth really cool. was Beth ever an into the was Beth an into the woods as the witch I don't know but she they were doing the um the movie The Devil Wears Prada, they they were doing that as like a workshop musical, and uh, Beth played the Meryl Streep part in the workshop of that show. So oh, that's amazing! Literally hand in hand in a lot of a lot of things. What did you think of James Corden doing an American accent in the film for Barry? I I always find it interesting when people put on American accents. I say it all the time, especially when people sing. It's so interesting because half the time I don't even realize they're not from America until mm-hmm. they start speaking in an interview, and I'm like. Wait, they're not even from here? Yeah. Um, so I thought he actually did a pretty good job of of doing it. I didn't mind it. I also wouldn't have minded had it been him. You know what I mean? Where it was just 
mm-hmm. his normal accent. Um, yeah. I personally love the British accent. Oh, so I do too. Me too. Anytime I get to hear it, I'm like, oh. and Me too. I do, um, when I did Matilda, it was the same thing. I was like, I finally get to learn how to do a British accent like properly. And yeah. Which was, which was really fun. Speaking of Matilda, when you were preparing to tour with Matilda, did you watch the film or were you a fan of the film at all, like prior, or did you watch the film in re- while you guys were rehearsing or anything like that? I love the movie. However, the musical is primarily based on the book, which I actually never read the book. So when I got um, the script and score of the musical and I was reading through it, I was like, wait, none of this? See, like a lot of it seems a little different or dark and all these things that didn't come out in the movie. Yeah. Um, so that was really interesting is seeing that the take was actually based off of the book. So I didn't really watch it for referencing, but I watched it because I love the soundtrack and I think the show is really fun and I think the movie is really fun. Yeah. Um, and I got to swing 22 different parts, which was a feat in itself. So oh, I swung God. from the children all the way up to the adults. Oh, so my God. it was, it was cool. It was challenging very challenging but really awesome to get sort of explore the kids out of myself again as an adult and then all the way up through the adults mm-hmm. and I probably was on five out of the eight shows every week oh my gosh there was that many people rotating in and out or kids had to be dependent on their school schedule and how many hours they were allotted and it varied state to state so mm-hmm. like there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't realize so as a swing for that show was awesome because I was never bored and I was pretty much on mid show a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what has been the best parts of bringing iconic films like Matilda and Beauty and the Beast to life on stage? Um, honestly, it's getting to see the audience's reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times they say you can't see the audience from the stage, but you totally can. See you can. Audience. Yeah. You totally. Um, so for Beauty and the Beast specifically, seeing all the little girls in their like princess dresses, and there was a lot of boys that came in like prince outfits or the beast outfit, which was really cool. That's too. awesome. So getting to see their reactions, like be our guest, and all the little magic that gets to happen on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really, really cool. And then in Matilda, getting to see their reaction when in When I Grow Up, we get to swing on swing. Oh, yeah. Um, that was always really cool because no one would expect it most of the time. And the mm-hmm. audience, they thought that they didn't really move. And then all of a sudden, we'd run out and swing, and they'd be like, whoa. Yeah. Those are cool. What has been some of the best parts about being an assistant choreographer for the Bronx Tale, the tour? And how does this role differ from being a dance captain? So they actually are super similar. Um I was the assistant choreographer for the first national tour, and then I was the restager choreographer for the second national tour. So with the first national tour, I sort of was the only person who knew the ins and outs of the show from Broadway mm-hmm. from start to finish. So like our associate was there during tech, and he would pop in every now and again to give notes, and the same with Sergio, the choreographer. He would come in and out giving notes and just making sure the show always looked in like the tip-top shape. But majority of that fell on me to mm-hmm. do. So when it came time for the tour, I was sort of the one who knew who moved this set piece, at what time are these things supposed to enter on stage and exit on stage, and backstage, how can we get so-and-so from stage left to stage right in time to get on for their entrance? So I sort of knew everyone's backstage choreography and on-stage choreography. So it sort of is very similar to being a dance captain. Um, And then when I had to restage the show, everything sort of fell on me in a sense of like, 
all questions came to me. I basically acted as the choreographer. Oh, um, wow. All questions came to me. All major decisions, obviously, I'd run them through Sergio first, and then mm-hmm. I would be the one to, to delegate it out. But mm-hmm. all of those really important jobs came through me. So by the time I did it on Broadway, I sort of had a hold on the show itself and each track and working with the stage manager on the things that they would do. We sort of are a collaborative team, so it was a really seamless transition in that sense that um, you're just really confident in the dance aspects of the show. And with the Bronx show, a lot of the stuff for the tour ended up having to be choreographed on and off the stage because we didn't have the automation like we did on Broadway. Yeah. So it was, in that regard, super different, but it fell in the choreography department. So I ended up having to know kind of a lot more than I did even for Broadway be able to set the tour and then with the second national tour uh, the first national tour about 10 original company members moved to the tour so you weren't having I wasn't having to teach as many new people the show or new yeah with the second national tour it was non-equity so every single person was completely new so that show was starting basically from scratch yeah no one had ever done it like an incarnation of it before so that was really really different and I became the choreographer of the tour, which meant I needed then an assistant, and my assistant choreographer never did the show. So she was actually learning off of our first national tours. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, video that we would take, like archive video that we had just so that we can always have it, just in case of anything. So that was really interesting, too, is having someone who's never been a part of the show before come in and have to teach a brand-new company a show that she didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, she was phenomenal. Her name is Monica. Um and as a team, it worked really well. And then the associate from Broadway, director-wise, came and helped me set the second national tour. Oh. So it was sort of a big collaborative um, grouping, but it worked out really well. And I have to say, we put the second national tour out faster than we even put the first national tour out. Oh, wow. Which was no one expected, especially having a group of people who've never done the show before. But, I mean, odes to me and the, the other crew members who just came in ready to work and the cast went home and did their homework every day so it was easy to keep pushing through rather than having to constantly reteach something so it was was really interesting so I would say it's all very very similar but the more you go up the ladder obviously the more serious your your role gets in a sense yeah I love being an associate I think whenever I'm done performing, whenever that might be, that aspect of it all is very similar to a dance captain of just being sort of the eyes of the show. And I really love cleaning, like the numbers, and I love being able to interact with each cast member, which as a dance captain is really, really fun. It sort of sets you apart from just being in the ensemble or just a principal. Like, I truly got to interact with every single person within the company, which is really cool, whether I was on stage or not with them. So that was a really, a really fun experience. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you are the a vacation swing on the Mean Girls tour. Well, prior to COVID, were yeah. you a big Mean Girls fan prior to joining the tour? So I saw the musical on Broadway a few times. Um, I have a bunch of friends in it, so anytime someone was on for a lead or just a lot of swings, I knew. So when they run in the track, I would try and run and see the show um, if I wasn't in a show of myself and. I totally loved the movie growing up. I mean, who didn't? I right. feel at my age love Mean Girls. Like, the quotes, everyone knows the quotes. Oh, yeah. Sort of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then when you get to be a part of it, the musical is so similar to the movie, obviously just with, like, new music underlying it. But 
like all the lines, like all the lines you recited as a kid or as a teenager watching Mean Girls are in the musical. So yeah. when they happen, like the uproar of people in the audience is like, yeah. Or like, especially, I think the biggest one that gets is, she doesn't even go here. That line probably gets the, like a standing elevation. Every yeah. Time. Do a lot of people, cause the tour hasn't come to Michigan where I am yet. So like when the tour, like when they're like saying like the iconic lines, like you go Glen Coco or she doesn't even go here or Wednesdays we were pink or, uh, all those kinds of lines. Do they get like it huge, the audience. It gets, yeah. do they get like the huge like it. roars because yeah. no pun intended yeah. or anything like that, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everyone it's, it's, a fun time and no matter what any show that we have on a wednesday in the city the entire audience is in pink (laughs) oh i'm sure when the mean girls tour comes to michigan i think i'm gonna have to wear i may have to go on a wednesday and i may have to wear pink have to have to yeah or yeah or something in my mean girls majority of people end up showing up in pink regardless if it's wednesday right but those that come on a Wednesday, the entire audience, like, if you look out from the stage, it's, like, shades of pink. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, like, a pink rainbow. Yeah. What's your favorite Mean Girls quote? Um, probably she doesn't even go here. Because I feel like it's very much how I would <laughs> I would react to something. Yeah. Um, and within that scene, you're so focused on the girl that's having this breakdown. And then Damien stands up. And it just, it, it kills every night. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's an um, iconic movie and an iconic musical. Thank you, Tina Fey. Thank you. Thank, it's like, <laughs> Tina Fey, if it weren't for you, we wouldn't have half the quotes that we quote, especially, when, like, high school kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I saw on your Instagram that you're a big Disney fan, just like me. So who Love are it. some of your favorite Disney characters? Oh, Belle is always my, like, hands-down favorite person. I truly think in life I am Belle. <laughs> I'm like a nerd at heart, but I also am like super spunky and feisty. And the place I'm actually getting married at, when I walked into the ballroom, I looked at my fiance and my mom and I went, I feel like Belle. And started crying. And they were like, well, this is, this is where we're going. So this must married. be it. If you feel like your favorite Disney character, that it must be meant to be. Yeah. So That's Belle like a good philosophy in life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. If you were to go to Disney World, is Belle, like, the top character you have to see? Um, yes. And when I got to see her in the castle, I ate at her castle. Yeah. I think I did. I don't know if it was lunch or dinner, whatever it was. And she walked in. I was like, mm-hmm, there's the dress. Because I, lo- I love the gold dress. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Seeing Belle is definitely top priority when I go. Like, take she pictures. She a really long line. So then I kind of feel bad for all the kids that are, like, four and five that like actually want to really see Belle because they think she is real in life and I was like you can just look at me <laughs> all right yeah I'm the um, same way with Snow White I'm the same way with Snow White Snow White's been my girl for as long as I can remember and when I go to Disney yeah. I've camped out I'm like but you're four but or five you know she's gonna you're like I know she's coming at four o'clock today I'm gonna be there at, at 2 30 just so I get first online I yeah I get there between <laughs> I've once waited two hours before, prior to her coming out because I wanted yeah, to make sure I was first. Dedicated. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm that dedicated now. I probably definitely would have been a few years ago. Now I sort of try and hit the rides that most people don't go to first. So now it's sort of like I work the park like backwards uh-huh. and I normally don't have to wait as much, which is good. And that app, the app I have is. Oh, the app is the best. 
Thank God. It's the best. For a long time. Oh, I know. know. They have it. It's so easy to plan your day. Yeah, it is. One hundred percent. Skip that. We're just gonna move here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anytime we go to Disney, all eyes are like, "Okay, Brittany, what are we doing?" (laughs) That was me when I went for my high school graduation. I went with my grandma, and it was okay, Jamie. Where's the? What's the next fast pass? Who are we going to see now? I'm like, absolutely. What time is Snow White coming out? Because I know you're probably gonna want to see Snow White (laughs) again. I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know it's like a character, but yep, I have to. I know yeah. it's like someone getting paid $10 an hour, but I ha- I have to. <laughs> it's part of the magic is going to see these characters. Totally agree. And that's what I say when people are like, you still love it as an adult. And I'm like, how do you not? Like, the magic is still there. And then you get to see all these little kids just truly light up anywhere they go within Disney World. Mm-hmm. I personally also like Disney World over Disneyland. Same. Although Disneyland is pretty iconic in itself because it's I always feel it's, like, very vintage. Yeah, it's so vintage Disney love, World. Like, I love the boardwalk. I love all that stuff there. But I think I've always gone to Disney. I've gone to Disney World more. Yeah. So I think that's why I just love it. Have you ever done breakfast with the princesses? Or lunch or dinner with the princesses? I did when I was little. Um, I have not done it as an adult. But I really, I should. It's 10,000 times more magical once you, as a teenager. I did it when I saw, I did it my senior year of high school when I went with my grandma. Okay. And I saw Snow White and I cried. Okay, so the next time I go to Disney World, I'm definitely going to have to do that. You'll see Belle and you'll cry. Like, the recent years I've gone to Disney, it's, like, I have, like, two days or, like, one day while I'm, like, working in Florida or something. Like, I I haven't really gotten to go more than, like, two days in a row in a long time. I feel like I need to do, like, a longer stint where then I could, like, rearrange all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Do you make it a priority to be or watch or be part of Enchanted Tales with Belle? Um, When it first started happening, yes. Now my main goal is to either hit up Fantasmic because I absolutely love favorite it. show in the history of Disney parks, bar none. Yeah. Favorite so show, I loved it. All of Mickey Mouse's choreo, like from the top, like fireworks come out of his fingers. Exactly. When he said, so when he's on the top of the rock and he says, "Some imagination, huh?" Boom! Don't you want to? You like want to cry? Yes. It's so good. The ending just makes me so cry. Good. I cried when I, I cried watching the. I was so emotional the last time I went there. Even the t- even now that they do the whole projection on the castle, like I sort of am like, okay, well, do I do fan phantasmic or now the castle? Like it's sort of like now I feel like it's a really tough decision. Where I've seen both now, so I, I feel okay with doing one or the other. But in the beginning, I was like, I really only go to the phantasmic when I'm there. But I need to see what projects on the castle, and I stood there crying the entire time it was on the castle. It's They're magical. It's everything and more in the magic, and it's like everything. It just doesn't lessen. Even the older you get, it does not lessen. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. People are telling me, like, grow up. Grow up. No. 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 There's no point. There's nothing fun as an adult. <laughs> it's, it's maybe going to Disney World specifically is even more fun, I think, as an adult than it is as a kid. I agree. I agree. I think because you, you comprehend it more. Right, and I feel like you're not as stressed to, like, get everything in. It's sort of like you could take your time and you can chill and you can drink around the world and you could, like, experience it in a different way than as a kid when, like, you're getting dragged, like, ride to ride to ride because you have to hit every ride the first few times you go to the park. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now when I go, it's, like, a much more, I stay relaxed feel, but we still get every ride in. Yeah, I try to get I try to get fast passes for the rides that are like new for when I was there, like in between, let's say, like I yeah. like a couple years max, and they, like oh, this ride, yeah. that ride, and that ride are new. I have to get fast passes for yeah, them, but that's smart. otherwise, that's smart. I'll just yeah. So you're planning a wedding, 
And is yeah. planning a wedding anything like you expected it to be? So, yes and no. Um, I was supposed to get married last August. Um, and then, obviously, pandemic yeah. happened and didn't happen. So now we're getting married this July. Ooh. I've been with my fiancé for eight years. So oh, wow. It's not like it's like like we're ready. Yeah. We're, together. we're ready for the next step at this point. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, honestly, a lot of my, like, dance captain duties came in handy for wedding planning. Yeah. So... We got engaged in February of 2019, and by April of 2019, all of the big vendors were booked. So, like, I felt I wanted to get everything booked and done so that we then can, like, truly enjoy being engaged. And not oh, yeah. go to appointments and do whatever. So, truly, the only thing I didn't get right away was my dress. But, like, right. course, band, venue, all that stuff was sort of already booked within the first two months we got engaged. Oh, we wow. You're fast. Yeah, we saw about 10 venues, which by the end, my fiance's like, Brittany, they're all, at this point, they're all the same. Like, <laughs> they're not even remotely close to being the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> but when we stepped into where we're getting married, which is called the Pleasantdale Chateau, it's an old French chateau, hence why I feel like I'm Belle. Yeah. It's stunning. Honestly, look up pictures. Like, it literally looks like this, I mean, it is a French chateau. And then in the back of the chateau is this grand barroom that is, it's gorgeous. It's stunning. Mm-hmm. Like, truly, you walk in, and it, you're in Beauty and the Beast. Um, so we're getting married there this July. So I would say, yeah, dance captain abilities definitely came into play. Um, oh, yeah. With wedding planning. Dress shopping was probably the most stressful. Oh, Which I oh, didn't yeah. really think. But I think it's because with all, especially tours, like, you have, like, an opening night party in every city for tour, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, and then with a Bronx still opening recently, I just felt like, Every dress I put on was just more stunning than the next, but none of them felt grander, I guess, than sort of like an opening night dress. So I think because I wore so many opening night dresses, which is incredible, yeah, I it's, it's, it was a really difficult time for me to be like, this is the one. And then when the person I ended up getting my dress at Kleinfeld, which again is like pretty cliche, but... Pretty, but so I awesome. You went to Kleinfeld. <laughs> Did you I see Randy? No, he wasn't there the day I was there. That sucks. But hopefully I have my fitting in two weeks, so I'm praying he'll be there for my fitting. And I can be like, hey, Randy. Um, but when she brought in the dress originally, I was like, ooh, I don't think I was clear with what I think I want. And I was like, this is literally the complete opposite of what I would envision myself in. And she's like, okay, we can try on the other dresses that we have in here, but just mark my words, this will be your dress. I was like, okay, lady. Basically, in my head, I'm like, mm-hmm. And then... No joke. We put on that dress, and I was like, this this is literally my dress. Crying. Mm-hmm. And again, I was like, I don't think I'm going to cry. Like, I'm emotional, but, like, over a dress, like, I don't know. Yeah. And then I ended up, I ended up crying. I ended up crying. And then you said yes to the dress. dress in Kleinfeld, I mean. In Kleinfeld. In the room where they say yes to the dress is where I said yes to the dress. That's so, pretty unbelievable. Cool. It was pretty cool. So, if you could portray any Disney character on Broadway, which character would it be, and who would you want to be in the musical with you? So, probably Beauty and the Beast. Uh, oh, obviously, I'd be Belle in a heartbeat. Um, honestly, Belle. I feel like that's sort of a giveaway at this point. Yeah. Who would I want in it with me? Who's your beast? I don't know. That's hard. I feel like there's so many good people I could choose as the beast. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's difficult. That's really difficult. Mm-hmm. What 
is something you have binge watched or some things you have binge watched in quarantine? Oh, it's probably better. What haven't I at this point? I feel I've watched everything. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, <laughs> this sounds a little crazy, but my latest binge is Pottery Showdown. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. So it's on HBO Max. It is mesmerizing. And it's truly, it's like the great British bake-off, but with pottery. So it's based in the UK. That's so Everyone cool. Everyone is so nice, so talented. And truly, I'm on, it's like there's only three seasons. I'm ready on season three. That's how quick I'm going through them. How and many episodes like are in a episodes. season? There's eight or ten. Oh, that's not bad. But. No, that one, so good. Um, what else did I binge? Well, Handmaid's Tale just started back up. I have to get back into that. Yeah. That one is one where, like, you have to be focused to watch. Yeah, I can't, I can't watch things from th- well, where I have to think. I just, that's not yeah. my, that's not how yeah. I work. <laughs> um, I rewatched the Soprano series. I rewatched Boardwalk Empire. And I finally gave into watching Game of Thrones. That was my first quarantine bid. Was it worth it? Because you either because people they either love it or they hate it. There's no in between. So I personally think it's way better when you can binge it. Only because there are so many people and so many names and so many things that are similar. Mm-hmm. And I had my fiance's brother is like super fan of Game of Thrones, as is his sister. So I had good inside scoop. If I was like very confused, I would just text him and be like, Okay, John and Jeff, we just watched this episode what's going on or his brother would literally hear the music and come out and be like you guys are watching game of thrones like this is season three episode six like he's that obsessed with yeah that. um so i would say binging it it's worth it if i had to wait week to week i probably would not have been as invested right yeah that was like but me with when i watched that was like me when i watched star wars for the first time it wasn't during quarantine or anything but i had to watch it in school and i didn't know what was going on so i texted i text but i've texted my friends who are big into and Star Wars? All of, it's like also all of Disney, and I'm like, so that whole part, like side of the park, I literally have not ventured through. I've walked through it, but I don't understand any of it. I wasn't. It was still under. It was still construction war zone when I last time I was there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they were just putting things together. But I did walk through Pandora when I was last time I was at Disney. That's scary. Those the way to get on those rides is so crazy, and I've done them, but it's crazy. Like getting there at. I mean, some people say like 6 a.m., 8 a.m., whenever it opens, and you literally, people are running. It's as if you're in a race to get to these lines mm-hmm. to get on Pandora and whatever else. And it is really cool. I just want, the only reason why I went to Animal Kingdom is to see Pocahontas and to do mm-hmm. uh, Kilimanjaro. Because my grandma want, really wanted to go on Kilimanjaro. Yeah, that's fun. And Kilimanjaro, you can never go wrong with Kilimanjaro. It's so cool. No. no. And the animals yeah. come so close to you. So close. Yeah. It's, yeah, that is a good one. Oh, yeah. What do you hope the next Broadway musical that hasn't been adapted into a film will be next? Like, that'll come out next? Oh, that's hard. Hmm. Well, I love, I mean, it's a movie, though. You like, can... I love A League of Their Own, and I think A League of Their Own should be a musical. Oh. And I want to be Kit. I like that. I think I really like her. I was super sporty as a kid, mm-hmm. so I really like musicals that have like to do with like being super athletic and yeah. things like that. So I would say A League of Their Own, and I know Dirty Dancing is already a musical, but it's literally one of my favorite movies ever. It hasn't been on so. Broadway, has it? It just toured? Mm-hmm. It just toured, yeah. Yeah, because I interviewed Adrian Walker, who was in the tour. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember her and I talked about it briefly. But it's not on Broadway yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Never know. I I, I think I would know who would play baby, be a really good baby in that. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Totally. I'm thinking of somebody right now, and she'd be a great baby. Uh, Where do you see yourself by the end of this decade? Hopefully in a show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or back, yeah, just back on stage. That's sort of sort of the main thing. I mean, I also would love, I mean, not that I'm getting older, but I mean, now there's so many, like, moms on Broadway, especially with this pandemic. So, like, maybe something along those lines, being an associate of a show, mm-hmm. those would be my, my three main goals. Ah, I you like know, it. While being in a show, being in a show, or being an associate of a show. Love it. Once again, I've been speaking with musical theater performer Brittany Conagatti from A Bronx Tale on Broadway and The Prom on Broadway. I will see you all in my next episode where I'm chatting with Alanis Sophia from this past season of American Idol.